What's up everybody, I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 That is true. And that was regular peanut butter. That's true. It was probably hard to see if that messed your stomach up though, because yeah. your whole body was probably right the next way. It was right. Yes. We talked about it. Anyways, enough of this tomfoolery now that I'm done eating. Enough of this malarkey. Let's get yeah. to business. Okay. Ready for it? I'm ready. Three. Wait, do I come to? Oh my God. I didn't even open my fucking audacity. Is your sound? Oh! <laughs> I get idiot. Thank God I fucking realized that that's oh. been awful i mean i would have been the zoom recording but oh man i would have been so mad jesus christ you guys what happens when you don't record for weeks you fucking um, forget what you're doing literally okay i've got that and i want to make sure okay that's my only window i'm gonna enter gosh that would have been so freaking terrible i mean obviously we were still at the zoom thing but man Mm mm-hmm I, I would have been kind of interested though. Oh. Baba, close your door, please. I can hear your Legos. Discard. We already saved that podcast. Um, it would have been pretty, I'm recording now. It would have been pretty funny Same. to see us recognize it halfway through the recording. We would have been like, oh. Yes. Kind of okay. like the time that we recorded and realized that it didn't record, you know, 10 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I need to. <laughs> I'm sorry if you guys can hear any beeping. There's construction directly outside of my house because um, they're to the it. point in the they're to the point in the road where they're taking all the rubble and shit out. So I just literally since 7 a.m. this morning, just dump truck after dump truck, backing all the way down my street, getting it, leaving, backing all the way down my street, getting it, leaving. I'm like, <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, anyways, okay, ready, ready. I'm gonna count up. I don't know. I tried to oh, say three, two, oh, one. That was down. We're changing it. Oh, okay. No, I always count up. I just literally tried to count down. I always say one, two, three. Oh, you're right. You do. Yeah. I was like three, and I was like, well, bleh. that felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let's just stay like this. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just gonna do okay. the whole podcast like this. One, two, three. <laughs> it always spot is on off. for me. Spot on for me. And that was such an aggressive clap. Are you okay? That was okay. that. I mean, the desk shook. Are you okay? I was like, oh, fucking this fucking week. Anyway, I mean, fair. Yes. Yes. So hello, hello, hello. And welcome. Here is the fucked up thing. We didn't discuss which topic are we doing first. <laughs> I figured we'd tackle grief first. Yes. We have been going through, through it, it this week. We have been going through it this week. I had half the mind to go on the podcast page and just record me crying and be like, we're real people. Yes. We we are not always happy. I Um, attribute it to the new moon because the new moon (laughs) for me always fucks me up. Getting back in the swing of a school routine Mm -hmm. and just like, I don't know. I don't want to say everything, but I feel like I kept telling people, I feel like I'm being tested but I don't know what the fuck the test is about like what what are we trying to figure out here right like what is the lesson I'm trying to be taught in this moment because I feel like there's 87 things going on and I'm kind of over it 
reoccurring theme with my clients, myself, you, and other people I know is that it feels like this transition period, but we don't know what we're transitioning to. It's just sure. that it is. And what I've been trying to remind people is, is like <laughs> the state of the United States is pretty rough. Mm-hmm. The state of the world is also not great. We have no idea what's happening with the pandemic, um, to be completely honest. And then transition to school, transition back to stricter routines. Tra- mm-hmm. Like, There's so many things that have been going on that are so that requires so many moving parts that it's been yes. really difficult. So I think everybody let's validate and honor that for ourselves because holy shit. Yes, it has been a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And I also yes. feel like there is, I don't want to say it's a theme, <laughs> but I feel like you get this right where we get really overwhelmed and we're so busy with work and it feels like, like sessions are never ending, right? We, we don't have time to catch up. And then this, we start to think like, oh my God, I just need a little bit of a break. And then that break comes because people aren't showing up or aren't scheduling. And you're like, um, I can't have that though. So like mm-hmm. there has to be, like I'm never going to make it between. Yeah. I'm never going to make it something in between that I'm like, okay with, cause this is not, this isn't it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yes. this week, a really big theme, I think for my clients has been, whether it's like my clients or the gang guidance that I do with the babe gang or mm-hmm. even myself, radical acceptance has come up a lot. Um, which actually ties into our topic for today. Pretty yes. well. It does. It does. Yeah. So I took notes. Of my bullet- <laughs> I love it. I took notes in my bullet journal. I was like, I'm coming prepared for this fucking topic. I am yeah. coming prepared. And that's the thing. I feel like this is this is a topic known by many. However, not understood. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if I was in the like not understanding category as well. But like, but I did. I felt like it was like this um weird like catch 22, not catch 22, but like weird, like ambivalent of like I get it, but I don't get it, but I get it, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily understand, but I kind of do. So weird, right? I more so understood it from a personal level of me experiencing (laughs) my own grief versus being able to, (coughs) not that I've never helped somebody with grief issues, right? But being, as opposed to being like a professional that helps with grief. I am by no means a bereavement counselor. That is a whole nother set of skills that I do not have. Never. And you can just add me, add that to the list of shit I'm not going to do next to eating disorders and AOTA counseling. No, thank you. Yes. No, thank you. That is a very, very niche specialized, like you really got to hone in your skills for those you things. Do. You do. Like, yes, is... we can absolutely help somebody process through grief, but there's processes that we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we're coming at this from a place of like our own personal experience and also the research that we've done, right? Like there are concepts and things that we understand, excuse me, that we understand. But mm-hmm. again, I think just like, I think working with, um, autism, right? Like that is a very niche career. And that Mm -hmm. takes a lot of special skills that like, not just anybody has. I agree. So yeah, that's my rant. So yes. So I spent Tuesday just listening to grief TED talks, um, which then kind of set me into a depressive spiral for a moment. I was like, wow, I'm really sad. Like Mm -hmm. these are really sad stories that I'm listening to. Um, but yeah, I, I will discuss 
a really interesting takeaway for me. I'm going to mark off what I say so I don't repeat that shit because this might be a long one. Um, when it was discussed in one of the TED Talks that I listened to that grief is a lot like fear and it is fear because it's the fear of the unknown of what's to come and also like the fear of permanency of things and the fear of is is it going to be like this all the time like what if this is the new normal sure which I was like what like yeah that is 100 that was a really big point for me mm-hmm. because it, it really it is it it's there are still stages in grief. So grief is a multitasking emotion, right? So there's stages and none of the stages are sequential. Sure. It is a very, I think it's all over the map, right? Like, yeah. It's a very one, fluid you go this, emotion. One, you go that one. Sure. Yeah. Because one, one aspect of it might send you over, you know, three stages over here, but then send you to a different stage and you just vacillate between them. I think until you come to this understanding um, and I, I do, I've got three tasks to take place so that you can recover that we can discuss about because one of our coworkers lent me a book on grief so I could hopefully better serve one of my clients. So I also read that, um, not like read it, like I'm not, I'm trying to be Steph. I was However, say I do not, I don't read like that. Only Harry Potter books because that was a two-dayer and I was like, man, I love Harry Potter because I do, I love it. So <clears throat> I skimmed. But a lot of it too was teaching us things that we already knew. Like, I don't need to talk about um, Elizabeth um, Kluber, Kuber, whatever, her stages of death and dying. I know that those stages of death and dying are. Um, And so discussing that, like I I found two, like five dimensions of grief and then three tasks to take, take place to recover. Those two chunks were really helpful. So that's what I thought. So let me preface this before we go anywhere grief isn't just about death. Mm-hmm. Let's say that right here, right now, these steps can apply to divorce, to it's about loss. Yes. Loss, mm-hmm. any type of loss. And yep. it doesn't matter the severity of the connection. If your perception is, is that that person thing, whatever it was meant something to me and was, had an important role in my life, then that's loss. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a multitasking emotion, right? So we, there are different stages. Like I said, we move in and out. Um, what I also liked, one of the takeaways from one of the TED Talks I watched is that we, we're not, there was this um, reoccurring theme of that, that people who have not experienced the loss of whatever it is, there has been this push by family, friends, coworkers, other people in this person's life have always had this, well, you, you need to move forward. We sure. really need to get moving, move mm-hmm. forward to the next. And that is just that person's inability to sit in vulnerability with you, with where you're at, to sit in that sadness, to sit in that loss, that grief, to, to have, or to allow that expression of that emotion. Does that make sense? I think there's, yeah. And I, there's that side of it, right. Where it's like, well, I mean, you really need to move on at this point or then the flip side of the judgment of like, wow, you're moving on really fast, right? Like, yeah. Who are you to tell me how fast I can and can't do something? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's where it gets, 
I don't want to say black and white, right? But there's like a dichotomy between the two. And then where's the in-between? How can we kind of not compromise, but how can we come to the middle where it's like a comfortable situation for all parties involved, right? But here's the thing. It's doesn't, we're, we're not making all parties involved comfortable. How are you comfortable? Sure. And if you're comfortable with what you are doing, then that's all that matters. I could give a fuck about what somebody else thinks about how I mourn yes. the loss of somebody or my grandma or whatever. I, I could give a fuck if you're not comfortable with it. Right. I'm and then it's like, I we just don't talk about it. Right. If you, if you don't like what I'm doing with my life, then I won't talk to you about it. Absolutely. And then that's when we, we go outward. If, if our support circle, our inner support circle is not um, being able to show up for us, not validating us, not, not being able to just be there, which mm-hmm. they don't have to be. Sometimes that is too hard for somebody. So just because they're not there for you or don't know how to be there for you doesn't mean we're going to fault them and shit all over them because they don't know how, mm-hmm. right? But that means, again, we focus on what we can control. If my family or immediate family or friends can't support me for whatever reason, then I need to take control of the situation and find a support group, um, you know, a, a group on Facebook of people who have experienced the loss of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I need to find people who are like me who have had similar experiences and have that validated. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel so alone. Yeah. So it doesn't feel it, it, like we are in this isolation. <clears throat> so what I found super interesting in the reading from the book before I get to before you know you can talk about your notes and stuff but this was so interesting so this is an excerpt from the book so it says in the early decades of the 20th century a significant and sudden change death once a public and communal event became private progressively hidden from the public view dying in a home now moved to the hospital you know funerals that were open or celebrations of life were now closed it's almost as if we've tacked on this taboo or like shameful nature to it and so because we don't necessarily understand something or it's not in plain view for us to ask questions about and become comfortable with it becomes this shame topic Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. And, and that was on, um, I think I listened to a grief podcast before because I had a client who was dealing with a very um, big situation with the loss of a partner. I was trying to find ways to be able to help her and show up for her because I was like, I don't know the first thing about this. Yeah. I've lost people, but it, it's all made sense. It's followed that trajectory of, it makes sense. I've lost animals suddenly and that, I love animals. So that was hard. However, I don't think that takes the place of a partner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that I would experience that I think to then a tenfold, but neither here nor there. So I was listening to a podcast. Um, it was the unfuck your brain podcast with Carl Lowenthal and she discussed how it is this, um, how, and I'm not taking anything verbatim because I don't remember exactly what she said. So this is all my perception and remembering of what I heard was that she discussed this topic too of talking about that. Um, it was once like out in the open where it was talked about, but now it's hidden. And so that is what cultivates this fear of dying is because it's a fear of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what to expect. Um, and, and it's removed from our views or our um, you know perception of what's going on in the world. So then when we hear about it, we're like, shock and awe. And I, I mean, one, I think that that 
has a lot to do with how the media is. Like, I don't listen to the news at all. I don't have news apps on. I don't, if something comes up on my Facebook scroll where it's like, you know, suggestions or highlights, I hide it immediately. I remove access to those things because what I am not going to do is start my day off with death, destruction, mayhem, secondary trauma, when I go to work and experience vicarious trauma, like I'm not doing that. I'd rather show up for my clients and be like, did you hear the latest round of blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not doing that. Does that make sense? Yes. So I thought that was an interesting excerpt. I was like, holy shit, right on the money. That makes sense. Well, and this topic was brought about by somebody who actually requested it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very specific topic that she wanted to talk about, which we can definitely like touch Mm -hmm. base on. It was more so um, she wanted to know, like, how do I support a partner who's lost a child? Mm -hmm. I don't have that experience. Thank God. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even fathom what that would be like. I have been with a partner who's lost parents and that was very difficult. Um, I think the biggest thing when you are supporting another person in your life, who's lost somebody is just to be patient, right? Mm -hmm. Like be present and be patient. Don't rush them. Don't judge them. Don't tell them what they should or shouldn't be doing. Cause first of all, it's not your place. Second of all, there's no fucking handbook on grief Right. To say like, after three weeks, this is where you'll be. And then after another <laughs> six, you'll have Here's a result what to and you'll be fine. And you'll Here's be fine. what to expect. Exactly. Like what to expect when expecting that does not prepare you for fucking no! and no! pregnancy and all the shit afterwards. I'm sorry, no! but it does not. Anyways, that is not what we're talking about today. Right. But I think it's very important that people actively listen, right? Like don't listen just to respond, listen to what your partner, your friend, whomever is experiencing, what do they need? And the other thing too, is sometimes they may not be telling you what they need for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. You have to make the determination if, okay, well, I'm going to show up anyways, even if they're saying, no, don't come over, blah, blah. I'm going to show up anyways, because I feel like I need to know that they're okay. Or I feel like I need to, I need them to know that I'm here. Right. Mm-hmm. And that can look like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Remember when you're, I feel like it was after your grandpa passed yeah. and you came over because we were doing a master class. Mm. Yes. And you like, you came over after the funeral and I was like, do you need a hug or do you want me to touch you? So you don't get upset. And you're like, don't touch me. Cause I will get upset. And I was like, okay, that's yes. all I needed to know. Right. Like I, because I didn't want to assume that I knew what you needed in that moment, because I'm the right. same. If you ask me what's wrong and I'm already upset, I'm going to be a blubbering mess because I can't talk about it in that moment. Right. It seems like little things, but it's not right. Like you're actively showing, I care. I'm here. Please let me know what you need type deal right. situation. Yeah. Um, let me look. I think what plays another part into this scenario we were just talking about of, of having a partner who's lost a child. Another thing to me that plays into that is like the nature in which the loss has happened. Sure. I think that sudden losses versus impending losses, like, you know, that that's coming. Hear me when I say this does not make the loss any easier. It does not sure. make the grieving process any easier. I think there is just a different understanding. Mm -hmm. I think what also has to be understood is that there will be 
new waves of grief for the rest of that person's life Mm -hmm. in the sense of having to grieve what age they would have been, what milestone they would have hit, what their life could have looked like. Because when you have a child, um, you immediately think of everything. Sure. When I had Soph, I immediately thought of what her life would be like and what I wanted it to look like. Mm -hmm. So you have to put to rest those those memories that like memories you've created in your head, those visions, those hopes, those dreams, wishes that you've created Mm -hmm. for that person. When something like this happens, I also have that same talk with parents who are parents of children who then children, adults, whatever, who identify as transgender. Sure. You have to put to loss what you thought the life of your child was going to look like. It's going to be different now. It doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be this negative thing. It just means it's going to be different. So instead of projecting your hopes, dreams, wishes, perceptions of what their life would look like, grieve that and allow that grief to then remove and make space for the new memories and experiences and life that they're going to have. Well, have the grieving period, yes, experience yes. that, that loss, right? Yes. But then let's move on to radical acceptance because you fighting the reality of the situation is not going to change that situation. And let me be nitpicky. Instead of moving on to radical acceptance, let's move forward with that grief. Move forward with it. Sure. Process through it. Because again, there's going to be stages in that. If you thought your child was your, you know, your, your, um, daughter who was born with female parts who now is transitioned to a male if you thought your daughter was going to walk down the aisle in a dress you have to put that to bed Mm -hmm. and grieve that and then take that and move forward to now how do I express or how do I how do I view what this now could look like sure there could still be a wedding. There could still be walking down the aisle. There could still be all of those things and possibly even more joyful because your child is living as who they are Yep. instead of whatever. But we'll put that to rest now because I don't want to get too far on that because that's a different topic. Sure. We're talking about, well, it's not a different topic, but it's a tangent and I want to stay on the path. So did you see anything in your notes that fits right now? Um. No, there was one quote that I found. I did, I read for my research. I didn't watch anything I read, um, but it You're was so different. About- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just like I you do like- audiobooks, Like I, it's hard for me. I have to hold a physical book. I have to. I was um, like, what is the fastest way I can get this? <laughs> Literally, I'm not getting like, that's how I view everything. What is the fastest way I can do this? ADHD. How can I get a 30 minute workout done in five minutes? Well, easy, hit, hit, hit cardio, burpees. That is the equipment, oh like God. hold a bear plank for a little bit. Jesus, that is a, you hold that bitch for five minutes. It will absolutely feel like 30. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, but the one quote that I found, it was talking about our nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. And like hypervigilance. And so it said, our nervous system is activated by the emotional threats of grief and our brains are hypervigilant to finding answers. And I think that's more so tied to traumatic or abrupt, you know, loss of a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then 
you know, how do you, you can hear me when I say you can, but how do you reprogram your thoughts of like, well, this person died. Now this person's going to die. I don't want to get close to anybody because they're just going to die. Right. Mm -hmm. I have a client who, um, her dad passed when she was young. And so she's got this like pretty significant health anxiety because of it, because she's like, well, he died young. Am I going to die young because I'm his daughter? Right. And that like spirals pretty quickly, Mm -hmm. but little things trigger that response whether it's like a reminder of a doctor's appointment or I have this weird feeling or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think when you lose someone significant at a young age, not that it doesn't impact. Okay. Rewind. Death is going to impact you no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. The acuity of it is different for everybody. I think for me personally, as I've gotten older, I have a better understanding and acceptance of it because I know that it's a part of life. Mm -hmm. Um, when I did the gang guidance session this past week, it was about radical acceptance and I brought up death. Right. So when I was 19, I lost a friend in a car accident and I had seen him literally two days before. And I was like, he's not dead. I just fucking saw him when you're 19. You don't think your fucking friends are going to die. You think of old people are going to die. Right. Like, yes. But then high school, I had two of my very best friends lose parents and you don't think you're going to lose your parents when you're that young either. right? Right. And so I think because I've had those experiences, not that it would make it easy for me to lose my parents. That's never going to be easy, but it has given me a better, a different understanding of what that looks like for people and how they manage it, what they do, how they deal with it. And it's, there's no, it's not a smooth ride for anybody. No. Like it's a zigzag road forever. I feel like. Yes. When I, over 2020 in August, the beginning of August, I lost my grandma. And then December 2nd, I want to say that's, I think it was the first December 1st, I lost my papa. So watching those two families, because my mom is one of six. Yes. Yeah. She's one of six. This is real life. (laughs) I was like, do I have another uncle? I don't can't remember. And then my dad is one of 12. Um, 11 or 10 are still with us. So watching those two families move through grief was eye-opening. It was, it was eye-opening. There are lots of, lots of avenues that have to be taken and understood and discussed. Um, And I almost think it makes it harder when there's more surviving family members to be able to work through some of those things because there's so many emotions to be experienced and if you can't sit in that vulnerability with your siblings and the wide variety that is coming it definitely makes for some very high intense moments right Mm -hmm. so that was another thing that I I noticed in those the last what half of the year when my father-in-law passed I made a joke after the fact because it was a very it wasn't a light-hearted service by any means he was in the military they had did like the taps and everybody fucking lost it at that point because that was like a lot I never um, make it never make you play bro, taps I'm done it as soon as they be- started I was like I'm fucking done for it girl it could be March 13th and I'd be like oh I have a taps on like it, the second it starts playing every memorial day we watch a parade they play the taps I'm sobbing I something what is it a horn is, what is yeah, it I think so like it's a horn a trumpet yeah 
Trumpet. Some sort. Yes. Think, yes. <laughs> Trumpet yes. of some sort. Whatever. Yeah. But like after that, people got up and like talked fondly of him. Right. And like shared mm-hmm. memories and it was funny and it was adorable. So afterwards we were like in the parking lot, just kind of hanging around and talking. And I was talking to my dad and I was like, I want you to know that when you pass away, I'm going to be up there cussing like a motherfucker and making people laugh. I'm going to be so inappropriate because that's who I am. He was like, Oh, I'd expect nothing less. And I was like, I'm going to play wrestling music. Like, it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. Cause my mom's my mom has always told me when I die, you are not allowed to wear black. I want to have music playing. I want you guys to be happy. I want you to celebrate. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, okay, mom, it's going to be a sad day. Like, how could I do that? But now I'm like, no, that actually makes sense. Right. Like, yes, I'm mourning the loss of so-and-so, but I'm also celebrating the fact that you were a part of my life and I'm so thankful for that. Right. And that ties back to that, that, um, that excerpt of like, now it is, it's become this private, yep. like unspoken thing. Like in other countries, they celebrate it. Mm-hmm. They celebrate it of that, that life that that person had and that, that who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost uh, uh, 2020 was a year of death for yes, me. Yes, it was. Uh, my friend, Andrew Reeves passed in, um, February, I believe it was. It's hard to keep. Oh my God. My aunt died in March. I forgot. I was like, I've got another death in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my aunt died in March. Jesus Christ. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, there was a lot. So his, his funeral was all of his friends standing up and having their recollection of their, their favorite memories of him. And it was like hilarious. Like there were so many good memories to be able to listen to people reminisce on and bring up and it it was I would I would hope that for my funeral or you know people that I'm close to that we take on that aspect and we expect from you I expect you to present I expect you to present our snapchat videos of Marla and Darla and say this is what we did in our life I will personally email Snapchat and ask them to bring it back so I can videotape myself. Literally, like, I won't even speak at your funeral. I'll just videotape it and it's going to play for everybody. It's me. Hey guys, I'm just letting you know that. Are you (laughs) crazy? Are you Marla or Darla? I don't remember. I think you're Darla. I think you're right. I just want you to know that Darla's dead. (laughs) Uh, She passed away. (laughs) Stay safe. Oh my God. And this is not to make light of loss, you guys. Right. But like, also you have to be able to see all different perspectives, right? Not everybody deals with hard things with humor. I fucking do because otherwise I'll just cry all the time. I literally don't know how to deal with anything (laughs) else besides humor. I'm literally like, I'm a shitty person. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Like humor is is always the gateway because it allows people to get out of their head. Yes. So it's interesting that you're saying the, the um, physical aspect, the nervous system. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> so weird. Stop it. <laughs> so in the book, there was five dimensions of grief. So the first dimension was stress reactions. So this can increase vulnerability to illnesses and whatnot. So it's, uh, Steph and I are very aware that when we are stressed out, um, our bodies are like, 
our immune people, system just disappears is essentially what happens. I'm, I'm literally sick where like, where I can't handle anything. I'm crying. It doesn't make, like I came home yesterday and I was crying on the way into the house and Jeff was like, what's, what's going on? And I was like, and I just like, was like, I just need, I need a moment. And I was like crying. He was like, he went outside, put his headphones on, cut the grass. Like he was like, I'm not dealing with this bitch. Oh my God. And so then he, he came respected back. your boundary as he well. Did. He did. He did. I worked out. I showered. I came back upstairs. And then he came in and he was like, so what's going on today, buttercup? And I was like, so this is what happened. Because <laughs> I had taken a moment to myself yes. to be able to calm down and do all had that. Had you not, you probably would have just yelled at him, right? And oh, I guarantee I would have. Problem. Oh, I guarantee. I would have. I would have. I wouldn't have yelled at him, but I would have been sassy. passive. I would have been passive yeah. aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that is my go-to with a partner, passive aggressive. Absolutely. If I am not in my, I'm going to poke myself. If I'm not in my, why is my, <laughs> good thing I got these blue light blockers on. I got on. my safety goggles on for podcasting today. <laughs> they, and they catch this light too. It looks like a ring light, but it's just like one of those like <laughs> trumpet desk lights. It's my cheap version of a ring. Oh my God. Because I'm like, I'm not spending fucking $15 on a ring light. Like, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> because I'm literally crying. Um, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Oh no, it's because I didn't eat in the night. <laughs> Guys, sugar affects me. <laughs> I didn't eat and now I'm just going to be a giggling mess, <laughs> which is so not great on a great podcast. This might help if it's a hard topic for some people. <laughs> Ever since I was little, guys, I get a drop of sugar and I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know where the fuck I was. So I'm just going to go back to my list. Yes. yes. I was like, I'm going back to my, my, my notes. So um, the second dimension, and again, I it did not say in the the book whether these are chronological. So sure, I think they're just letting you know. Um, the second one is perceptions and thoughts are affected by what has gone on. So mm-hmm. perceptions and thoughts can look like like thoughts of is it always going to be like this, or perceptions of it like well they died like this because now somebody else is going to die like this, or this relationship failed, so now all my relationships are going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, then we enter into a spiritual crisis. Uh, I shouldn't have phrased it like that because then that's making it chronological. Next could be a spiritual crisis of asking or trying to figure out the why. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why am I being punished? Why we, it's this internalization and then looking at the universe, God, whoever you believe in doesn't matter. Looking at the bigger picture or the the bigger entity and asking, why is this happening to me? Four is family and communal responses to loss. So again, that like, we should really move on. Like, this is really holding you back, blah, 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 blah. And then five is cultural and cultural heritage and current support systems have a great influence on how we express loss and our coping skills to do that. So some cultural heritages may have traditions where it is celebrated and it's um like open like um doesn't the jewish uh, this is gonna okay i'm not even gonna phrase it with a judgment um i might be speaking from a naive standpoint however i feel like 
in movies, it's been portrayed that the Jewish people have what's called Shiva. Have you ever no seen? Uh, okay, so on um, one, a couple of movies, and I think one of them is, I can't remember the name, but it was a movie in the two, the 2010s. And it was a bunch of big actors coming together because the loss of their mom, Jennifer Anderson was in it, whatever. So they have what is called Shiva and it's like where you- That's the family stone? Yeah. I just know of the movie because I'm a movie person. I've never seen it, but yes. I don't think it's Jennifer Anderson. I think she is in it. Okay, because Rachel McAdams is in it too. And I very well could be placing the wrong thing that I'm thinking of on that movie, but that movie is about grief and it's really freaking cute. So you should watch it. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave show there because you should watch it next. Um, so it, it is this like where you sit with your family and my, my perception, my assumption is you sit with your family and you mourn and discuss stories and you eat and there's, there's fellowship. Um, so like different things like that, like with my family, with my, my aunt, my aunt was right in the very beginning of COVID. So we barely could have a service. Um, my grandma, we were able to have a service cause it was towards the end of the summer. So it, things weren't as tight as it is now. Um, yeah, we were able to have the service. My papa had a service. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I blocked these things out. I was like, oh my God, I don't remember my papa's service. Yeah. So, and it, Andy had a service because it was right before COVID hit us. Um, so like some of those things are, are different though, but like none of it was like, we didn't like sit in fellowship as a family. We didn't get together. We didn't like, none of those things happened mm-hmm. um, afterwards. And some was because of COVID and some was because it wasn't. Um, so it's just very interesting to see like how different cultures take on different expressions. Italians are wild when it comes to grief. Yeah, but like wearing black for a year, not leaving the house for so many months, lighting a candle every day for the person. Like it's excessive. My Atlanta. It's excessive. I don't participate in it because that's not how I grieve, but like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not wearing black. I mean, it's like my norm anyways. I mean, I do it like to be appropriate, but like I'm not not doing that for longer than the three hours that we're going to. Yikes. I'm kind of upset that my headphones are black. Like that's how much I don't like black. Anyways, so then the next takeaway I had from reading that book or skimming, we'll say skimming was three tasks to take place to recover. So the first one was intellectual recognition and explanation of the loss. Mm-hmm. So you have to come to an understanding, otherwise we can't move forward. There has to be an understanding that the loss has happened. That recognition. Person coming, yeah, that person isn't coming back. That relationship isn't carrying on. The friendship was lost. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you have to come to understanding about that. The second is emotional acceptance of the loss. So you have to reach a point where reminders don't hurt anymore. They, you may distance yourself early on as a respite from the pain. So like if your favorite song was this, we may not engage in that song for a little while because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. And you're experiencing pain on an everyday basis due to the loss having been so um, recent. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then the third one is assumption of a new identity. So this, we have to develop a new identity that reflects 
new circumstances of life. And it happens when the user, the person, becomes uncomfortably aware of the world that was and the world that is. So those are three ways to break down, like maybe where am I in this grieving process? Um, what does that look like? Um, I think the end all be all message of that though, honestly, is like to stop fighting reality and recognize what yeah. is actually happening or what did happen. And that's not meant to sound harsh and mean and insensitive, but that's like the facts of the situation, right? It is the facts of the situation. The loss has occurred. Yeah. There is nothing we can do to bring that loss or remove that loss from our life. It has happened. So you that doesn't mean that you invalidate your feelings of this is so fucking unfair. You're absolutely right. It is. It's not okay. It's not fair. You don't agree with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that it happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See humor. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I think it, you know, I think this was a good episode. Okay. I, I think this was concise. I'm really glad that we didn't go into the five stages of death and dying. Everybody knows them and tries to implement them. But here's the thing. That's not necessarily, I don't want to say it's not accurate anymore, but that was done in the 60s. Like, mm -hmm. It is now 2020. Well, it's a very rigid thing that I think people get confused about and feel like, well, I have to be in this stage now. I should be in this stage now. According to fucking who? I'll wait. I'll wait too. <laughs> Shit. Pull up. <laughs> who? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was a good one. It was. It's right, episode guys. 26, by the way. I know this is the end of it, but this is episode oh, 26. Episode, hey, episode 26. Um, you can find us on socials. I have to take this off because the screen is looking like I have a filter on my face and I do not bags and all people. Um, it, cause it was like, the light was like coming down, looking at the kind of Snapchat filter. I was driving me nuts. Um, as always, you can find us. Um, Steph is at spooky fit mom 13 on Instagram. I am at B E A underscore X O 11. We are at rewriting her story podcast. Um, where can you find us on YouTube? Mari. You can find us at Rewriting Her Story Podcast. Shut up. <laughs> I was literally forgot that we have that. Because <laughs> we put one at my goal today, uh, but I don't think I'll make it today. It's definitely going to be tomorrow, is to upload two PS episodes. Um, if not two PS episodes, at least the introductory video yes. of us being like, did you hear the clap? Did I hear the clap? How do you make this? Go? It was hilarious. Yeah. So uh yes we are now on youtube yes and you can now subscribe to the podcast for the extra goodies so if you go to yes. the link in our bio on instagram it is the very first um tab in the link tree to subscribe it's 2.99 a month you are going to get extras like ps episodes yep. when we start interviewing people that's where they'll go part twos of things like the sexy episode that's gonna go there um, and it's a learning process, like a learning curve. So bear with us as we do it. Cause you know, this is the first time, but we already have <laughs> subscribers, which just like makes my heart explode. Like, yes, again, I know we say this all the time, but I don't think you guys truly know how much we appreciate you guys for always supporting us and like being a ride or die all the time. I really, really, really want to find a new word besides appreciate because I I just I really I know that we say like you guys really don't know but like you seriously don't understand how much it means to me to be able to sit and discuss mental health topics with my best friend like it's I love it I look forward to it I get excited about it 
So it just, it makes me so happy. I, I feel I am living my dream and my purpose for my life. And I, there is not a greater feeling on this earth. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a word that's big enough to really describe how we feel. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. We will talk to you guys again soon. Okay. Cheerio. <laughs> Good eye. <laughs> it was like British then Australian. Yes. Okay. yes. okay. We will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.